Disclaimer, this podcast contains adult language. Hello there, folks, and welcome back to the Armchair Pundits with myself, Lester Lindsay, and Hammy Hamilton. It's only the two of us this week. We're not joined by anybody special this week. I'm only joined by the very, very average man of Hammy. Hammy, how are you doing? Average man? I weighed on at 17 stone the other night, mate, <laughs> so I don't think I would call me average now. Um, no, I'm very well, mate. How's yourself? Um, I'm, I'm actually, I'm doing quite good. Um, I'm still not completely over the scenes that we experienced last week. Um, I've just a bit got my voice back, but I'm thoroughly excited to talk Was about it. Was your voice fucked at all? Absolutely gone. Was it? Yep, and whenever I've laughed since, I've got this weird croak at the back of my throat that I cannot get rid of. Ah, that's mad. I, it's took me about a full week to get it as well, and the voice as well, but I, where do we even start with it? I mean, it's just, what a night, first Absolutely. and foremost. Probably one of the best nights in world football, I think everyone can agree with that. It's not just Scotland fans and, and Italy fans that were supporting Italy. I think everyone across the, across the globe was a bit united and supporting Italy because yep. yes, it's coming home part. It's, it really does get to other countries because nobody likes the that wee prick. You the know arrogance. I mean? Nobody likes the arrogance. Nobody likes the, the show off, the, the know-all, the, the prick in the back of the classroom. Nobody likes that guy. And that is England. And that's why I think the full football and community across the globe, you know, worldwide, were absolutely delighted on Sunday. Aye, and I think the best thing about it is the fact that they went out in penalties again. England in penalties, it's just it's a it's a better combo than tea and toast. You know what I mean? It's it's fantastic. Aye. Uh, the game itself, obviously, we were dressed up as pizzas, um, cracking outfits. I don't know if you've seen them on the Twitter at TA Pundits. If you haven't, there's a, there's a picture of us two standing dressed as pizzas with the chef's hats on, with a nice big Italy flag in the background of uh, of your back garden. Absolutely brilliant night. Now the game itself, um, it, it got off to a it depends on what way you look at it. It got off to a very lively start. I think it's the most neutral way of saying that, isn't it? Um, I would say it got off to a poor start for what I was after. But look, Shaw, um, a, a great take here, goal. And now that, now that England have lost the game and it's, it's done, I'll, I'll now admit it was a cracking goal. Well worked. Beautiful down the right-hand side. They started at left-back. It's moved. Look, Shaw starts to the move. They swing the field like team over with some nice passing. Across him down at the back post. Um, De Lorenzo's cut inside, double up in Harry Kane. Luke Shaw has found himself in extra space. And I think if he hits that ball a hundred times, he's never meeting that that sweet again. It was a fantastic goal. The quickest goal ever in a Euro final history. I bet you've no heard that stat. Um, <laughs> cracking goal to start the game off. What were your emotions? When, when England scored? Ah, of course, you're just thinking the worst, you know, two minutes into the game. Um, Luke Shaw, you're saying there that um, he could have that ball in a hundred times and he's no connecting with that. I do agree, but that, that shows you it's a player full of confidence, isn't it? He was outstanding the full Euros, to be fair to Luke Shaw. So you could maybe say he deserved it. I don't really think, see we're going to criticise the England team. Um, apart from Saka, right? <laughs> <I'm kidding laughs> um, go easy on him, he's only 19, right? But um, we'll get to him in a wee bit. But um, I think it's more the media and the ex-footballers that yeah. create this. It's not really the players. I mean, we've seen, I don't know if you've seen the video of like, Jack Grealish with a wee boy, you know, getting a picture with him and then he gives him his boots and stuff like mm. that. Like, the players are quite sound, yep. to be fair. And I just feel sorry for them because they've got guys like Rio Ferdinand and every journalist in the world who just either writes them off if they play misplace one pass 
or they think they've won the tournament before a ball's even kicked. And what's unbelievable about this English media machine, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but this English media machine that never seems to stop, is, as you mentioned, it's players like your Rio Ferdinand's, Mika Richards and stuff. It's not as if it's... It's, it's just media. It's ex-professional football players who have played for England at these tournaments, understand the yep. pressure in, the, in their career, and I'll talk about how bad it was under this pressure mm-hmm. when the tournaments aren't on. And then when the tournament starts, they become part of it. Right. It's coming home. This is the best England team we've ever seen. Yeah. They really need to win this tournament. Anything shy of wins, no good enough. Kind right. of thing. And I think the only kind of pundit you see, that I think English pundit that I will listen to and enjoy listening to during these competitions is Gary Lineker. He's, he's very kind of straight shooting. He always is. Aye. Well, he's a host, isn't he? So he kind of needs to be a bit impartial. Aye. You know what I mean? But, um, no, nah, I, th- I think, like, it's, it is exactly what you said there. It's really bizarre because these players, you know, under, you know, Rio Ferdinand, Stephen Gerrard, Frank Lampard, Michael Owen, all that sort of group of players, Wayne Rooney, they were all under Sven Gordon Eriksson. The golden and generation. So they blamed everyone apart for themselves. They yep. blamed him. They blamed the pitch. They blamed the formation. And, these England players are no different to what they were, only, you know, a, a different sort of era, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. And they're just blaming them for everything. I mean, the, the criticism that Harry Kane got was quite bang out of order. He, he started the tournament, he did start his tournament poor. He, he got, he, then he got off to a good start, but he found, he, he found, he found a form that you all know Harry Kane's capable of. But it happens, do you know what I mean? Aye. Look at Kylian Mbappe, one of the best players ever, you know. He didn't get a single goal. Um, a best player ever, by the way. What my fuck am I talking about? <laughs> best player in the world at the present moment. He didn't get a goal, but I just that opening two minutes. By the way, it was a really strange game because we were all sitting watching it in my back garden. The goal flies in at two minutes, and see for that first fifteen minutes, I think everyone's heart was in their mouth mm-hmm. because the tempo that England were playing at was ridiculous. It was so good, zinging passes at each other. The counter press, total control, yep. total control. Italy looked like a shadow of what we had seen in the semis, the quarters, even in the group stages and stuff. But it was such a strange game. After 15 minutes, and I, I think it was around about 15 minutes when I watched the game back, the game totally reversed. Italy started to come into it. They dominated possession. They were having all the chances, and England sat back and invited that pressure. Mm-hmm. And that, the inevitable happened. Italy scored. Yep. It was only a matter of time before Italy scored because you don't shut up shop 15 minutes into a game. You know what I mean? It's so weird. There's still, what, after that, 25 like minutes. Uh, so, sorry, what am I talking about? Still, <laughs> there's 75. Still, there's still 30 minutes to go until half time and they completely shut up shop. Mm-hmm. Um, bye. It was just, it was such a bizarre way for England to, to give up possession that early in the game. And that the inevitable happened. Italy came back into it. They got the goal, and fr- fr- from that goal onwards, you know, for whenever they scored it, when was it seventy minutes or something? Benucci scored. Was it a sixty-seventh? Aye. Um, so you've still got twenty minutes left, and at that point, Italy have then got momentum, and they've also got the they've belief. They've made attacking substitutes. England have made defensive ones trying to see a game out. And it's only going to go the, one way. They've aye. now got the belief that they can outplay England. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it was a bit of a a bottle merchant job that was that it was like watching Tottenham you know in an international stage that's what it was like like they couldn't hold on to the lead that fucking hurricane they didn't know how to see out the game they didn't know even how to see it out to half time never mind the full game but um, I think that was England's biggest downfall was the fact that they took the lead yes they played another 10 you know 12 minutes after that and they were still on the front foot but to give up possession to give up that tempo in a final 
was such a bizarre thing to see, especially when they're at home as well. It's at Wembley, you, you mentioned, they start the game off brilliantly and they're complete control in the game. It's not too dissimilar as what we've seen in their World Cup semi-final against Croatia. Um, they went one In that game, they went one up, early bells to a key on Trippier free kick. Um, and I think, I think this is the biggest thing that, for me, I think Gareth Southgate needs to learn for this, is when, you, right, personally, I think England and Italy, if you do start in 11 versus start in 11, I think Italy, England have a better squad. I think it's fair to say they have better players. Italy probably have a better sense of cohesion and self-belief, but England, to a man, I think have better players, more talented individuals. Um, and I think if Gareth Southgate lets them maybe have a bit more confidence and go forward a bit more. You maybe, you maybe could have seen England go 2-0 up, but mm-hmm. they tried to play Italy at their own game. Italy are the masters and throughout football history. Italy are the team that will go 1-0 up and they'll see it out. Yeah. It's like, it's imagine Jose Mourinho was in, in charge of an international team. That's Italy. That's, everybody knows them for that. Tally football was yep. going 1-0 up throughout the 70s and all the way Absolutely. Up and that, that stems to the back. Uh-huh. Like, look at the Italian defenders. There's something about defenders in Italy. Like, they produce the best defenders you'll ever see. Mm-hmm. Over the course of football history, so so no, that was, just, that was, was that you just had your uh, point uh, there? Uh, <laughs> okay, um, no, and then they tried to see it out as you mentioned. Fifteen minutes in, um, Italy they, they managed to get into the game eventually. I don't think they started particularly well, especially when you go one 0 down in such a major final, um, and it's it's essentially an away game because England were at home. Uh, Italy and Nervy, but great, great character. I think people, the players that they had in that squad, namely your Giorgio Chiellini, individuals like that who really can grab a game with the scuff of the neck and make a, a tackle. As you mentioned, Italy's defenders. Giorgio Chiellini makes a block, I think, at the 40th minute. Um, and he celebrates it as if it's a goal. He invites Bonucci to do the same and he's up. How, the three them, Bonucci, Chiellini and Donnarumma, whenever there's a block made, that's, that's as good as a goal to them and they celebrate it as mm-hmm. such. Um, I think they, they grew confidence from keeping it 1-0 and they allowed themselves to yeah. come into the game and play into the ah, game. It was a bit of a patience game yep. when the, the Italians played but as I said earlier on that's just the story of England. Um, they can't see out games and that the, the buck at that point then goes to the manager. You're looking mm-hmm. at Gareth Southgate, he's done nothing in football, he's up against a guy who's done pretty much everything you can do yep. apart from maybe winning the Champions League in football mm-hmm. but Roberto Mancini who will now be referred to in this podcast as Roberto the Bruce Mancini. Um, <laughs> he is a national hero and he's done a lot in football, you know, winning yep. the Premier League with Man City um, and that iconic, iconic day in Man City's history. And just what he's done after that, you know, being at Inter Milan and stuff like that. But he's, he, him up against Gareth Southgate, is not, it's not a contest. The guy's done nothing in football um, in terms of being a manager. He's done quite a lot for Scotland in his playing career when he missed that peril in 1996. <laughs> But it seems like. Who can that... Pizza Hut advert with the paper bag over the head? I've not seen that. Have you not? No. You'll need to watch this. <laughs> it's after the Bentley show. We've done a pizza, like an England squad are sitting at a Pizza Hut and he's sitting with a paper bag over his head and the pizza comes over and they're like, right, Gareth, they're away. You can take it off now. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to get the tweet off at TA Fund? Oh, I'll definitely put it out on Twitter. Of course, you'll see it there. That'll be a swift nod. <laughs> um, no, but like, it's, it's not a contest. Like The players are really good on paper, as you said. Yeah, they're probably slightly better than Italy. But. They just they can't see it out, and that stops at the manager. They've not got the mentality. They've not got the. Does it stop at the manager though, or does it come back to what we were talking about earlier with the media? When you when you know as you said, we're going to sack a bit later. But as a nineteen year old in that situation, we've also not spoken about the penalty shout. Um, but as a nineteen year old in that situation, and you know how much pressure is on the media and how much pressure is on your shoulders at that moment, I don't think Italy have the same issue. I mean, if if you imagine it's Kiesa, uh, I know he's a wee bit older, but if Kiesa steps up, he doesn't have the same worry that his nation's going to turn on him. Mm-hmm. 
Aye, absolutely. So as much as it is Southgate, obviously seems to be an issue with Southgate and seeing games out, we've seen it with Croatia. Does that media pressure that we're talking about as well? I think it is at Southgate's door. I think mm. oh, he actually said after the game that he's to blame for the performance and he's also to blame for the penalty shootout because it wasn't your usual. And by the way, it's the exact same at boys' club, exact same at amateur, junior, professional, whatever you play. Who wants one? Who wants one? And who's confident enough to take one? Whoever puts their hand up first should be the ones that are taking it. Mm. I actually read an article and it was actually Jordan Pickford who was picked for the sixth penalty. Did you, did you see that? I, I, he said if they got to a penalty shot, he wanted the first one. Like, he said that before the tournament. Exactly, so they were, they were practising and training and Southgate already had his, his penalty takers picked before you know the penalties even were even thought about. Uh-huh. They picked them in training, hence the substitutes for Marcus Rashford and Jaden Sancho, which will go down as the best substitutes in football history. Yep, It's kind of saved everyone, but um, <laughs> aye, it's just... I think I think it does need to lie with Gareth Southgate. The penalties, the pe- the penalty takers were a bit questionable. The fact that we're just about to swing Jordan Pickford up for the sixth one ahead of the likes of Raheem Sterling, who never took one, and Jack Grealish another. Um, John Stones as well. I mean, you've seen you've seen all that, that. That's a weird trend that this year, and it seems like it's maybe the past two years it's came about. As I, the way I would see a penalty shout, if you imagine your team the way it was in the olden days, numbered one to eleven, goalkeeper being one, and your centre forward being eleven, right? You would think it would be like kind of the last you would go is 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, yep. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. They go down, that's your penalty rows. But you see a lot of centre backs hitting penalties now. Like yeah. Harry Maguire stepped up and hit one, then Benucci steps up. Yep. Five, ten years ago, you're not seeing that. I right. remember the first time I seen it was David Luiz in the Champions League final against Chelsea, uh, yeah. with Chelsea against Bayern Munich. And I was amazed that he was hitting it. He mm-hmm. fucking thundered cunt at the hang in at the top corner right enough. It was an absolute screaming of a penalty. But it's a weird kind of thing that you're seeing now, rather than your technical players who you think are more equipped at putting a dead right. ball into a, into a corner. It's just guys that are coming up and leathering them. Is that the way yeah. footballs are penalties? It, it's the way football's going in terms of the, the you, you're not a defender nowadays. I mean, I like to see like your Berezis and all that sort of stuff. Mm. I'm not trying to criticise him. He's probably one of the best centre halves that's ever played the game. Oh, it's just different but generations. Different actually. generations. You put Berezi in that Italian squad um, on Sunday, and he's he's no use. Mm. The the way well, football's the going. 60, <laughs> <laughs> but the way the football's going nowadays is that you need ball play, not not ball playing centre halves and attacking fullbacks. You no need ball to play with the balls either. No. <laughs> you need ball. I'll get this point out eventually. Um, you need ball playing goalkeepers yep. and that is the way the game's going so yes I'm sitting here criticising oh Jordan Pickford was about but Jordan Pickford's probably one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League that can play with the ball at his feet mm. and I think that's probably the reason Like he's, he's, he's as technical as any other sort of player he can hit a dead ball for 12 yards put yep. it that way and if he can't do that then you're absolutely no use for that level but the, the thing I would say is he doesn't have that knack of scoring he doesn't have that that confidence that he's going to put the ball in the back of the net and especially when you're up against a goalkeeper like Gianluigi Donnarumma yep. the guy I don't know if you heard Chiellini's interview after the game did you hear it? No. Well you did because you were at my bit and we were all pushing ourselves watching it. Chiellini's... I'll, 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 I'll rephrase it I can't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, oh, it was by the way if you've not seen it go on to YouTube just type it in one of the best interviews he's just such a just full of energy the guy ah, he's just such a lovable guy um, his Italian accent is just class got it of England as well aye and they're saying so what's it like playing in front of a goalkeeper such as Gigi Donnarumma and he says um, well I had the pleasure of playing up with Gigi Buffon for all my years and he was replaced by Gigi Donnarumma and it's the same you know that that is the highest that's the highest compliment I think you could possibly give 
one of the best goalkeepers of all time to be compared to him and have the first same first name as him as well. It's just unbelievable. But he he was outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but player of the tournament. Uh, Gigi Donnarum I got which is the first time I think in Euros history that a, a goalkeeper was given that accolade and that just speaks volumes for what a future this guy's got yeah he was 20, 22 years old he's been a start of AC Milan since he was 16 with his debut at the, at the new camp it's ridiculous no the Bernabeu and he's just no ever lost a position since obviously he's moved to PSG this season on a free um, I don't know how how well he'll be liked with the AC Milan fans after that but I think well, final way to bow it for Italy out of Italy, leaving Italy and going to France is a good way to do it, is to win the Euros as player of the tournament. Um, extra time was a bit pish, let's be honest. It was very, it wasn't nervy as a Scotland fan. I would imagine if, if an England fan, it'd be quite nervy. Italy always seemed in control. Um, Jordan Henderson gets subbed on and back off. Uh, we've seen Rashford and Sancho come out at the 120th minute. I think that's probably the most notable parts. Oh no, actually. Giorgio Chiellini absolutely ragdolling by Kyle Saka. What's your thoughts on that? It's a yellow card. I don't think it's anything more. Aye. If you if you if you were going to say red, I would have stopped the podcast there. I I can't condone. I actually, people who think that's a red card don't know football. It's a, it's a tactical foul. Yep. That is that is football. Whether you like it or not, that is literally football. Mm. Like you like to think the football's kicking a bit of leather about for a little. And if there's any contact, because it's not a contact sport, then it's a red card. Like that's what you like to. But football is definitely more tactical than what the eye can see. Oh, and if you actually stop and you you don't watch the football when you watch a football game and you watch what the players do to each other and mm. the, the wee niggles that they give to Pulling each other corners. if you if you've played football ever if you've ever played in a living aside or even a fives game then you'll know that football's a lot more tactical than kicking a bit of leather about the football pitch but um aye that's a hundred percent the biggest yellow card it's tactical and it's by a player who who knows exactly what, what he's, he's doing, doing. Mm. i mean he's experienced that so many times he, I think everyone that knows football, even the referees, VAR, obviously they're going to say it's a yellow card. So I think that's how we... There is a plan, though, in the next couple of years to change that. So that kind of similar situation, to that. I don't know if it was exactly that situation, but cynical fouls like that, tactical fouls, Keelan, he's not really made an attempt for the yeah. ball, he's just dragged him down. There is um, talks of that becoming a red card. Yeah. And if it was, become, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't massively have an issue with it. No, no. It, like, uh, let's be honest, it is a bit scumbaggy and a bit cheaty, right? Um, but in the letter of law, it says it's a yellow card. Exactly. The case, if England wanted a case for a red card, I think they had a good case for Jorginho's stamp on Grealish. I yeah. think that, if, if, it would have been the soft one for me, but I think if you're, if you're looking for a red card, that's the one I would like to Aye, it's, it's more of a red card than the Chiellini one, but aye, you're absolutely right in what you're saying. At the present moment, this is the beauty of football. See that the laws that are in place, they mm. might be good or bad, but footballers will always find the loopholes and that's what's the beauty <laughs> yeah. thing about it. So at the present moment, that is not illegal. Mm. So fuck it, it's fine. But yeah, if they had to implement that as a new law and the referees were more aware of it in the coming years, then I, of course, then you're you're calling for a red card there. But the now, that's what football's all about. I mean, look at the back pass rule. Look at any, any rule that's in football. You know, the time-wasting rules one that Jose Mourinho would love to do. Yep. That's a loophole in football. You can legally do it, so mm-hmm. why not fucking do it to see out the game? And it's it's not great to watch, but that's that's just the, the shit It's the shit-housery of football. It's great when your team does it. It's the it's rubbish when your opposite team does it. By the way, he's talking about shit-housery. Leonardo Benucci, he was the biggest shithousery I've ever seen. Absolutely. Jumped my boot Wembley saying, it's coming Rome, it's coming, <laughs> it's come to Rome. It's got like just that. His interview 
just everything about you said, in this interview, he said that his motivation for scoring that goal and making sure that England never won Euros is because of the constant channel that's coming home for the full 90 minutes. He said it was just really getting to annoy him. And he said that's what he's dedicating his goal to, was to try and shut that song up. Aye, and did you not see John Stones like the day before the game in England's training camp? Do you know they see the hand gestures at the Italians? There's an emoji for it. Uh-huh. <laughs> that I've been doing quite a lot recently. And he was like mimicking, you know, obviously like an Italian player. Mm-hmm. And that would just get right. That would just. Yep. Doesn't matter. See, like when that guy on Twitter, the crazy Scotsman, but he was actually English and he puts on the CU Jimmy hat, yeah. he goes cross eyed and he starts chanting things in a shop. Aye. Aye. Did, that get, did that not get right to you? No, it's just shite part. It's just. I right annoyed me because I just. You, oh. There's something inside you. It doesn't matter what country you're from. Your nationality sticks through your bones at times. Uh-huh. It's better well. And that's a bit about your euros. Aye, absolutely. Right, penalty shout. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm going. To, I'm not going to lie. Um, we've we'll slated England a bit. I felt sorry for them. I did genuinely feel sorry for them. Um, Jordan Pickford especially made two great penalty saves. Um, but I think when you're coming up against Donnarumma, um, and if you, if if um, the size of them. It's mm-hmm. not how physical a presence is in that goal. Um, watched, I've watched the penalty shootout. I don't know. It must be pff, 10, 20, say 80 times I've watched yeah. it since. Um, and what I noticed is it's the first penalty Harry Kane hits. It's a textbook. It's, it's one of the best penalties you can see. It hits it very hard, very low, and hits the side netting with it. Mm-hmm. And even at that, Donnarum is half an inch off it. The height of him, how quickly he can get down. He's a, he's, he seems to be a goalkeeper that is built for saving penalties. That yeah. seems like... I felt very uh, sorry for England. Marcus Rashford, obviously, he's he's changed his run up, um, which you see happen in football. Changing runs, it never really seems to go well. If you find a form, just stick with it. He's hit the post. Um, one of the subs that came on, another sub that came on at the same time as Sancho also missed his. And our sub at Southgate was Saka, obviously missed the deciding penalty. Jorginho also missed as well. By a strange one to see that. Great save for Pickford. Um, but a cracking penalty shootout. A penalty shootout is never dull though. Mm-hmm. They're always brilliant. Uh, have you seen all the talk, by the way, about Jorginho? He's in the running for the Ballon d'Or this year. Mm-hmm. What was your thoughts on that? A lot of pish. A lot of pish. Who I would mean, you get to? Messi. Messi, aye. aye. I suppose Copa America, isn't it? Is, I, is, for me, though, it's, it's always difficult to look past Messi. I think I think Messi and Ronaldo are victims of their own success now as well. Whereas if Messi, say if Messi was to score 37 goals in this, this year, yeah. win the Copa America, but Disney win Champions League, people go... He's been better though. Like, aye, doesn't aye. matter. He's still yep. the best player in the world. Just because Absolutely. he has been better doesn't mean you need to judge him off his own standards. You're judging him compared to everybody else in the world over the last twelve years. Aye, I've, se- I've seen. Uh, like, uh, it was, who was it? It was an English pundit. I'm going to say Rio Ferdinand, right? Because he's a prick, right? But it probably was then. <laughs> Rio Ferdinand saying it's it's not Ronaldo anymore, and um, it's the worst season that Ronaldo's ever played. The guys won um, the Copa Italia. Mm-hmm. He was a Serie A top goal scorer. He was the somebody who scored there, right? Uh, Hamilton have brought it back to one 0 two one up, mate. I, I, sorry, that was what that was about. Just <laughs> goal flash. Um, no, but he's Serie A top goal scorer, Euros top goal scorer, broke the record for most international goals. Guy's been absolutely ridiculous. I think he scored like thirty six goals in this area. He was a mm. top scorer there as well. And I, as you're saying, he's just a victim of his own success. Hey, cool. So. Well, we go on to talk about the goal of the tournament for the Euros. Yes. Right, who are you giving it to? Honestly? Mm-hmm. Can we skim it up? Do you want to just pass over it? Like Patrick Schick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll go with that one. <laughs> right, next one is your game of the tournament. Game of the tournament for me. There's a few cracking contenders in here. I think it's only right that we go through mentioning the games that I think do a couple of mentions right, okay. and then we'll decide on. Should we agree on one or should we each have our own answer? Um. I think we should 
No, each have their own answer. Each have their own answers, right, okay. Mine's just got to be... There's a couple of games that spring in my mind here, but Hungary have got to be up there for me. They're one mm-hmm. each draw with France, although it was only one goal, and there was games where there was like what seven goals, eight goals. It's the and conditions of the game, though, isn't it? It's it Hungary was... and the group of death. Exactly, and it was also one of the games at the Fenerik Puskas Arena, which was the only arena that was at full capacity. Mm-hmm. So, for some reason, there's always a bit like Denmark as well. There's always a team during the Euros that kind of catches your heart. Of course, Scotland were in it, but there's always another nation <laughs> For there. all of eight days. Aye, and um, <laughs> Denmark definitely caught my eye. But I'll tell you something, just the absolute scenes of the Hungary games, especially when they were being played in Budapest um, at the Fenerik Puskas Arena, because that was at 60, I think the capacity is 67,000 in mm. there, and their fans are brilliant, by the uh, way. Mental. They're absolutely... Sp- Amazing. Hungry for action. Uh, <laughs> um, so I, I would maybe say Hungary, just the one each, just for the sheer football scenes, I would like that one. Also, the two each at Hungary were involved in with Germany. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were in the group of death and they managed to get two points out of More than us, eh? So I, more than us, certainly. It wouldn't be hard. Uh, only <laughs> North Macedonia and who was alone? Turkey managed to score less <laughs> than us or score less points than us. Well, the third worst team, you know. Um, but I, I would say the two games, but another game that I can't miss out from the group of death as well. Seems to want to be the group of death for me. I think I enjoyed that one. Um, it's Germany four, Portugal two. I love that game Crack as well. Yep. That was an absolute. And Ronaldo get two, and you know I've kind of fancy him a wee bit. So um, get about a half job for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about you? I think the early early contention game. I think was the. Uh, the Holland versus Ukraine. That was a cra- uh, cracker. Three oh, I was a, no three two. Three, sorry, I was a cracker. Obviously, Holland went two and up. Ukraine pulls it back, and then just at the last, just lost it. Um, cracking game of football to watch. When we spoke about earlier, we were talking about this was France Switzerland. Mm-hmm. I, I think the great game. Um, and obviously goal as well. Screaming a goal. Possibly contention a goal of the tournament. Fuck shit. Um, I pulled Paul. He pulled a goal of the tournament. I think he actually did get goal as well. No, it was shit. Is it? Nah, the Euros, I, the, Euro, the yeah, official okay. Euro one was, was shit. Alright, okay. Nah. Just give me that one. Nah. Um, Wait that. <laughs> I think the fact that Switzerland won that as well, there's an upset in it. I love an upset, I love an underdog story, especially when the underdog yep. are playing in red and white, you know, makes it even better. <laughs> um, that was a crack of it for me, it's got to be to see the game on the same day, Spain, Croatia. Oh, I think three own goals, just absolute scenes, eight goals in one game. It's hard to look past the that. The 90th minute equaliser as well. Yep. And then, I know it wasn't this game, but Murata becoming Spain's all-time top goal scorer at the Euros as well, with six, overtaking Fernando Torres' record. It's weird one, because you would never think Murata... You don't, you don't put Murata in the same breath as Fernando Torres. You no, don't, David absolutely Villa, not. No. Or, uh, the great strikers at Spain have had... Raul as well. Bueno, Raul, great strikers at Spain have had, and now Murata holds that record, and you can't say it in, apart from fair play. Aye, fair play. I thought he actually did quite a good Euros, considering how his seasons, recent seasons have went anyway. Mm-hmm. Um... I just felt sorry for him. Obviously, he was the guy that missed the penalty that put Spain out when they were so, so close. But it was maybe a good thing for us because I couldn't see Spain beating England. I don't know. I couldn't see England winning it in a final. I think the ball just crashes. Aye, I aye. Think, as we were talking about earlier, I think the ball just goes. Even if they play Spain, they go one now up. Spain are very... They dominate games. The game against Sweden, I think, finished now now. But we've seen Spain dominate games we've, we've got so used to over the past maybe 12, 16 years. And it's a new look Spain as well. Obviously, uh, Luis Enrique chose to leave out players like Sergio Ramos and pretty much any Real Madrid player. I think he's just a very stubborn Barcelona man. Yeah. <laughs> but no, Spain, I think, were one of, the, one of the best teams at the tournament. Very, very unlucky in who they came up against. But if you want to win it, you need to beat 
whoever's in front of you, that's the way the way the tournaments go. Um, and speaking of what best teams at the tournament, should we do our starting 11? We should, the yes. The starting 11 of our team of the tournament. Yes, absolutely. Um, mine's is a bit different to the, the official one. Mine's yeah. just the early 11 to beat England. <laughs> <laughs> and goals here on Luigi Donnarumma. <laughs> uh, starts mine, but no. First name in the team sheet, metaphorical and literal, has got to be Gigi Donnarumma. If you've got anything other than that, then you've not got a clue what you're doing with the Euros. So I've went with him um, in goals. Of course, it has to be player of the tournament in the official sense, and he's he's the first name on on mine. It has to be he's get he's world class, an absolute world class goalkeeper. Left back. Uh, I just want to take a drink of diet lemonade, and it's gin and tonic, isn't it? Honestly. Honestly, yep. How long has it been sitting there? I don't know. <laughs> right, uh, Luke Shaw is my inductee at left back. Um, you know, before MD hurls any abuse at me, you need to sometimes look at the tournament and take a step back, take your glasses off, take tournament. your <laughs> take your uh, take your CU Jimmy hat off. Um, England, yes, six out of their seven games were at Wembley, but at the end of the day, they still did get to the final. And Luke Shaw. Um, the, the left hand side for England was absolutely stand out so you can just guess what my other England inductee is in um, back to Giorgio Chiellini and Leonardo Bonucci it has to be it gives you that partnership chemistry possibly you know so you've went my back four here went my back four so this is the thing. we can't argue teams because you always go very conventional like 4-4-2 four, four, or 4-3-3 three, three, and I always go these new fancy three at the back teams, uh, so we can never argue which team's better uh, it's because you play FIFA <laughs> I'm a odd man but um no, the two at the back, Giorgio Chiellini and Bonucci. It's just probably in terms of a defence partnership, it's probably the best there's ever been. I mean, you've got Maldini and Berezi, Maldini, Maldini and Berezi. You've got uh, Ferdinand and Vidic, Pique Puyol, and I think they fall into that category. Aye. They're two players you would certainly want in your fives team at the back. Um, right back, I've went with Denzel Dumfries. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Absolutely no bias in this whatsoever, by the way. Because he's Scottish name. Aye, because <laughs> he could possibly represent Scotland further down the line should they have a fallout with Frank De Boer or whatever. But, well, um, by the way, you're saying that, but we've seen that fucking Callum Hudson had always now representing Ghana. He's played four I? times for England, three competitive fixtures, but he's now swapped to, I never knew to that. play with Ghana. Well, look at Lepore. You can just swap whenever you want now. Aye, and Bojan was trying to get away, went to Spain a couple Crazy. of years ago. Aye, it's mental. But um, no, Denzel Dumfries, right back. He was absolutely outstanding. The Netherlands got knocked out in the last 16 to the Czech Republic, and he was just standout in that game as well. Um, unbelievable player. He's at PSV at the moment, and I think he'll go higher, um, certainly soon anyway. Uh, the three I've got in the middle, so I went with a 4-3-3. So the three I've got in the middle is Jorginho mm-hmm. for Italy. Um, outstanding. I suppose to Jorginho for Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> he's just unbelievable player. Um, what a season he's had as well, mm-hmm. uh, winning the Euros and also the Champions League. He just loves the European Knights. Potential um, Ballon d'Or. Potential for the Ballon d'Or. <laughs> um, you know, Kante was as well, but I think he's actually at more odds than Kante to win the yep. Ballon d'Or now. So that speaks volumes. Most distance covered at the Euros as well is another wee stat really? I've seen about him. Yeah, he's just non-stop running, to be fair. Uh, the other two midfielders that I've got is Pedri of Spain and yep. Hoiberg of Denmark. Absolutely outstanding. Pedri, young player of the tournament, just pff, unbelievable. And he's got a massive future out. I, th- I think 
he, well, he's a Catalonian man, so he'll be at Barca for probably a bit like Messi or whatever, maybe like a one-club man or Until something. But he's got a massive, <laughs> he's got a massive future ahead of him, and Hoiberg as well. You have, to have, you have to have you have to have a Danish player in there. Yep. You just have to. They got to the semi-finals, and there was something just about Denmark at the tournament. Mm-hmm. Something a bit magical about it. Maybe somebody overlooking them or whatever. Obviously, what, what happened to Ericsson, but aye, it's got to be him. Damsgaard was another one that I had in, but I think Hoiberg just to kind of give it that sort of authority in midfield. Especially when you consider him Hoiberg's first game at the Euros against Finland. Um, that's obviously the, the game where Ericsson collapsed and stuff. And then they, they replayed it, they finished it later on that night. Hoiberg takes the penalty and misses it. It's very easy to go under at that point. Yep. But every game that he came on after it, Mr. Consistent, I absolutely... I'm not, he's not in my team, but I back your decision for picking him. Yep, absolutely. Um, right, three up front. Mm-hmm. I've went with Raheem Sterling. I kind of gave that yep. away at the start. <laughs> <laughs> Raheem Sterling is outstanding yep. at the Euros. Um, world class. Um He's took a lot of criticism, so is half the England, well, most of the England squad. You're always going to get that, but I think he proved the critics wrong in that team. Mm-hmm. Um, outstanding at the Euros. His pace, his ability to, you know, win a foul and stuff like that, just unbelievable. Um, up front... Important I've, goals as well for him still, because a lot of games that they won 1-0, it was him that got the goal. Or won a penalty or something. Yep. I mean, or was controversial moments in there. I would call him a diver, but he's in my team in the tournament anyway. <laughs> um, I've got Cristiano Ronaldo and Patrick Schick up front. Um, two of the top scorers at the Euros with five goals each. Patrick Schick playing in a... Well, you could say... I don't, I don't know. I don't know if Czech Republic were possibly better than Portugal at that tournament. Portugal have certainly got better players. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ronaldo just pff, unbelievable when the, with the golden boot as well. Um, and Patrick Schick, I, mean, I know that it hurts to say when he's goal against Scotland or two goals against mm. Scotland, but it has to be in there for me. What about yours? Uh, Patrick Schick had an absolutely exciting tournament. I think it's very hard. He's in my team as well. It's hard to argue anybody apart from him because I think when it comes down to Schick and Ronaldo, in fact, you know what? I'll say this when I get to him. Right? Um, so in goals, of course, you went with Gianluigi Luigi Donnarumma. I've actually went for Jordan Pickford. Mate, are we? No, you didn't. I did. I went for Jordan Pickford. Why? Golden Glove winner. Yep. Two penalties. I know he did the last penalty shot, but two penalties as well in the final. I think he had a great, great tournament. As we were talking about his distribution, England built a lot for the back. Not just big saves that he made, he also created a, and started a lot of attacks. I think Jordan Pickford had a cracking tournament. Um, You're getting me grief for looks on Raheem Sterling. You've got Pickford in there over the player of the, the official player of the tournament. Listen, I'm not taking anything away from Jeremy Gennarma. I just think Jordan Pickford did an absolutely outstanding tournament. I think, and especially when you, you factor in Golden Glove, for me, if you have the most got player of the tournament. I know, but if you have what the most happened in the penalty shootout, what happened in the final? What happened in the final? Italy won. Thanks to. Well, I assume that predominantly Gianluigi Donnarumma scored the penalties. Yes, and did Donnarumma score them all? No, but he saved three penalties. He did save three, and he also saved two in the semi-final against Spain. Mm-hmm. I, like again, I'm not taking anything away from Donnarumma. I just think Pickford had an absolutely outstanding tournament. Hmm. I don't need to agree with all the things that UEFA do. Right, okay. Otherwise, we'll have a Super League already, right? All right. Um, the clueless are... springs to mind, but on you go. <laughs> I went for a 3 4 3 as I mentioned earlier. Um, I went for three centre backs Chiellini, mm-hmm. Benucci, yep. that's been called, and Kier, um, of Denmark as well. Um, aye, oh, aye. I forgot about him. He was outstanding, man. Yep, and it, 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 it's easy to say it was because of heroics in the first game. I've, I've obviously factored that in, saving Ericsson, yep. consoling his wife. Absolutely, just I've also put him as my cup, my captain for this as well. Um, but even after that game, it, it didn't really put a foot wrong for me. 
Yeah. Every game that he was in, he was domineering. I think there's also a shout for Christensen at Denmark as well. To be in there, but Kiev, I mean, he just edged it over him. Um, left mid, I went Spinazzola over Luke Shaw. It's like a left wing back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Spinazzola, I think if he hadn't, if he hadn't got that injury to his, um, I think it was his, his ligaments in his ankle, um, I think he could have potentially seen him get player tournament. He was absolutely outstanding. Um, and it was such an unfortunate injury for the guy as well, because after that tournament, you see it so often. You've seen it with James Rodriguez at the World Cup in 2014. These players that have amazing tournaments and they get a massive move off the back yet. Unfortunately for Spinazzola, because he's injured, he's going to have to come back and prove it for Roma again before he gets that move again. Aye, Roma through and through as well, though. Um, two centre mids I've went for because I'm obviously playing the different formation. I've agreed with you uh, by and large. I've went Pedri. Spoke about him as, as for a, such a young guy. He's just so controlling of the games. He looks mm-hmm. like a prime Iniesta and he's yep, like absolutely 17, is it? He's 17 years old, or yep. 19 maybe. Whatever he, he looks like a prime Iniesta already. I think he's got a massive, massive future ahead and possibly in contention of one of the best players ever by what we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Um, Jorginho next to him, as you mentioned, it's, he just had a great tournament. Yeah. Similar to Keelan and Benucci, I think he and then that, that spine of the Italy team is so important to them. And he played a massive, massive role in that. Um Locatelli as well at Italy was a was a shout for me, but I think Jorginho again edged it over him. Right wing back. I'm regretting putting him in now because I don't think I'm going to say his name right. It's the Danish boy. Oh ma 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 Miley. Miley. Mile. My, my, spell it. That maybe be better. I don't even fucking know how to spell it because it's got one of those letters. That, that, so it's M and then that A and E that are joined together. Nah, just say A E. So M A E H L E. Myla. We'll go with Myla, right? Myla. Myla. <laughs> um, played on the right hand side and played a lot on the left hand side as well. He was a bit of a bit of a Dutchman for Denmark. Yeah. The, the Euros. He kind of done whatever he was asked to do, and a couple of great assists. Namely the one when he was playing left with Blewing, um, crossed it in with outside his right foot, brilliant ball into a. Casper Dolberg, who nodded it in. Uh, front three, I've also went Raheem Stella on the left-hand side. Um, okay. Much like you agree for it, it's very hard to disagree with. On the right-hand side, I've put Chiesa. He can, uh, a lot of times, he just carried away early on his shoulders. If yep. Ali were under the cosh, he was the one that took the ball, made things mm. happen, started the, the transition into a counter-attack, and he was so, so strong. I, I've seen him a couple of times at the event, I've seen him a couple of times, but I didn't realise he was that domineering of a figure he's just yeah. absolutely outstanding um, and up front as I said Schick I think I was, I was going to say earlier is the, the, the argument for me between Schick and Ronaldo because it, it, it's six and a half a dozen but Ronaldo's getting service from Bernardo Silva from Diego Jota like these great great players Schick was playing with the Schick Republic and still managed to get five goals he, he's not got the same players around him and he got the same amount of goals as Ronaldo playing with Portugal oh, he didn't get any assists so and also he played two games more than Ronaldo uh-huh. so that's it's got to be Ronaldo in terms of goals <laughs> per game. And I know that Ronaldo scored, I think he scored three penalties out of that. Um, was only 44 more minutes Ronaldo played? Uh, sorry, Schick played Ronaldo. I know, but uh, it's still Ronaldo, mate. He controls <laughs> no, but Honestly, he controls games. And Portugal were poor at the Euros. You know, the weight of the country was on Ronaldo's shoulders again, mm-hmm. as per most tournaments in Portugal playing. Um, so, aye, it's got to be Ronaldo for me. But um, just out of curiosity, because obviously you've not got Donna Ruma, who's your, who would you give as player of the tournament? Out of that team that you've got? <sighs> the team that I've got? Mm-hmm. Chiellini. Chiellini? Yeah, absolutely. He was Mr. Fantastic. Do you think he's in contention for the Ballon d'Or then? Um, I don't think so. You don't see defenders win it, do you? Well, who, who was the last Italian player to win the Ballon d'Or? Is it Maldini? No. Last Italian player to win the Ballon d'Or? Similar to Chiellini. Last Italian player to lift a major tournament was? 
Cannavaro. Cannavaro. Did he win the Ballon d'Or? He did, 2006. Is that when he won the Ballon d'Or? Is that the last time a defender won the Ballon d'Or? Yep, and That's it was crazy. the last Italian player to win the Ballon d'Or as well. That's crazy, isn't it? Aye, so there you go. Cannavaro. Well, like, it's been pretty much since then, it's been Messi, Ronaldo, Modric. Aye. Oh, well, we also saw Kaka won it in 2007. Oh, so he did. But, uh, well, aye, you're right, in terms of after that, it was um, aye, Modric won it in 2017, and other than that, it's been Messi and Ronaldo. Five, no, Messi's won it six and Ronaldo's won it five times. So I think I think it'll be seven five come the end of this year as well. You think? Mm-hmm. I, I think Lewandowski will feel hard done by. Absolutely. Last year, again, if it, if it was given last year, which I think it should have been, just because COVID called off some football, I don't think you then say no awards for him. If it was given last year, and I think every football fan in the world will agree, Lewandowski had the ball though last year. Aye, aye, he was robbed. Robbed, was that? Robbed, aye. Robbed. My voice went a wee bit there. It was still a bit tender. Have you yes. got a quiz this week? Yes, I've got a quiz. Do you want it in now? Oh, unless there's anything you want to talk about. I can't think about anything. Oh, actually, before we go into it, have you seen the, the kit disaster of Scottish football? Aye, we'll go on the Scottish football. Scottish football podcast. Haven't even mentioned the word <laughs> Scottish or Scotland yet. Um, yes, I have seen the disaster. Do you want to take us for it? I don't even think there's too much to go through. It's just astounding that... It's happened. So Kovarnik's training kit is the same as A United's away kit. And just in case any of you people listening don't understand what the magnitude of that is, is Kovarnik and Air are each other's biggest rivals. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, I, can't, I can't imagine. Like, can you imagine Celtic having a red, white and blue kit for their training kit? Aye. With 32 be... red then across the bed? No, it's absolutely, it's, it's pure tempo in it. I don't know, what the, who's the manufacturer of the kit? I don't know, I've, I've tried to look That's it. just I've lazy. That's just people who don't give a fuck about that's like saying Derek McInnes is Pep, Pep Guardiola no, I mean not just people who don't actually care it'll be, it'll be a catalogue so it'll be like Air, Air United will have sent away to this manufacturer and will say here's 40 designs pick your two kind of thing so pick two pick the colour scheme and it's just so happened that Kilmarnock and they've picked the same one and the, the manufacturer has turned around to Air and went by the way before you decide on that one that's actually um, Kelly's training kit are you sure about that? <laughs> there's no bit of what's it speaking of Scottish football derbies Mm-hmm. Big game coming up on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. First time in 15 years. Okay, it's not that big. Okay, it's, it's the biggest Lanarkshire classical you can get. Plenty. It's the definition of the Lanarkshire derby. It's North versus South. It's Airdrie versus Motherwell. The last time it happened was 2007, which would make it actually 14 years. My calculations are a bit off there. But um, yes, do you know what the score was the last time the pair met? 1 0 Motherwell, wasn't it? It was. Do you know the scorer? No, no. You don't know? No. You sure? No. Richie Foran. Richie Foran. Richie Foran. It was at the New Broomfield. Was that the Morris Mill past days? Was it the Motherwell? Could have been. Just after Terry Butcher, wasn't it? Could have been. I don't know. That, 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 that's a universal symbol for I don't know. <laughs> Could have been. That <laughs> might have been, eh? <laughs> but um, I, that was in the days of your United versus uh, Motherwell. So it's actually going back to the real origins of the Lanarkshire Classical and Airdrie Onions. I remember it been the last Airdrie Onions versus Motherwell game. That would have been a fairly used to, They used to happen pretty frequently, you know, po- uh, They've not happened a lot post two thousand seven, but pre two thousand seven they happened quite frequently. Ah, so. uh, exactly. <laughs> Should do it carefully, but <laughs> uh, but aye. So I think we're going to the quiz now. Ah, we can talk about more about that game. That is, that's, that's, I'm saying I'm playing it down, but that's a massive game. Like, aye. especially as a Lanarkshire football fan, it's you always gonna I enjoy the Lanarkshire derbies. I've been to a lot of Hamilton Motherwell games. I've been probably less Hamilton Energy games, but the Hamilton Energy games are fierce as well. Um, but I think if you're uh, just going to say this through gritted teeth, if you were to ask a Motherwell fan what's the biggest derby, they'll tell you it's Airdrie. And if you ask an Energy fan what's the biggest derby, they'll tell you Motherwell. Hamilton just don't seem to have a derby. We don't have a rival. Um, 
It's a bit similar to the, the England. England, when they say Scotland's their biggest rival, but Scot- they would say Germany or possibly even Argentina because they obviously the hand of the God in the Falklands and stuff like that. <laughs> um, but I, I've, it's a bit similar to that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I, I think it'll be an absolutely cracking game. Wednesday night, quarter to eight. Um, keep an eye out on it because, uh, as you mentioned, it's a derby. And as much as you're thinking Motherwell probably levels, levels ahead of Airdrie, it's anything can happen in energy. I've still got the young exciting talent of Thomas Robert in the books at the moment, so can I get a game though? Can I get a game here at the moment? Can he buy a game? He's constantly on the bench. Mm-hmm. He's just not cut out for that level, though. He was sent there, you know, to, to toughen up a wee bit, you know, go to Scotland, go to the lower leagues and that'll because that's probably his biggest weakness is how tough he is, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But he's he's just not cut out for it, and that's why he's warming the bench now. But how many how many eyes are going to be on this game? It's probably going to be one of Erdy's most watched games this season. I think that's fair oh, to say, aye. and probably the last ten years of Erdy's most watched Absolutely. game. So Thomas Roberto Erdy as an asset, realistically, yeah. he needs to be playing that. He's one of our best players. He needs to be on that pitch. You're saying he's not used to that level of toughness. He's not going to get that against Motherwell. They're not a they're not a hatchet job. Aye, aye, aye. They're a football inside, especially under um. I forgot the manager's name. Ian Murray? No, 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 Motherwell. Graham Alexander. Alexander, thank you. Under Alexander, they do seem to be playing a nice brand of football. Yeah. It's maybe not quite as nice as, as Robinson's, but it is a nice brand of football. I think it'll be a very interesting game. Um, I'm actually going to try and get tickets to go to it. Aye, aye, I'm, I'm with you on that. Right, so we're going to the quiz now? Going to the quiz. Right, cool. Right, uh, you want to get the stopwatch up? Mm-hmm. So you've got one minute, just in case you're new at the show, Leicester gets one minute. To answer as many questions as he can in that one minute, there's going to be 10 questions, and the time will start as soon as I finish the first question. You ready? Uh-huh. Okay, so question one Cristiano Ronaldo overtook whose international goal record? Pass, but I'll wait, come back to it. Who became the 10th player to win a European Cup and European Championship in the same year? Pass. Who was North Macedonia's first ever goal scorer? Can, can I put Jorginho in? Well, we'll come back to it. Who was the who was North Macedonia's first ever goal scorer at a major tournament final? Pandev. Which year did Federico Chiesa's dad, Enrico, score at the Euros? Uh, 96. How many knockout stage matches were decided by penalties? In this Euros, four. How, who got start of the match in the game Scotland versus England? Start of the match? Yes. Billy Gilmore. Who got named the best young player of the tournament? Pedro. Name any of the two countries that hosted the games, even though their teams did not qualify for the games. Um, pass. Which player scored the exact same player? Which player scored in the exact same time twice Benzema. in one game? Which stadium was the only one at the Euros at full capacity? Uh, fuck. Um, Puskas. Who became the tenth? I, I started it, but right, okay. So Jorginho. who became so Georgina? It was the first one I skipped on, and it was the all-time goal scorer, Gary Rainboy. Oh, I know it's not, but I'm going to say Aladaya. It's similar to that. It's no him. It's Ali Dyer. Is it Ali Dyer? It's Is Ali it? Dyer, oh, right? brilliant. <laughs> um, so, Kazakhstan is a fucking stadium one. Kazakhstan, Baku. They never made it in their stadium, was it? That's no Kazakhstan, mate. Is it? Oh, it's no, it's uh, Azerbaijan. Uh, Azerbaijan. Sorry, it's the complete wrong thing I've done there. Right, <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're going to go through them, so just chill out the room. <laughs> I annoyed at myself. I think it's the heat in here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cristiano Ronaldo overtook whose international goal record it was indeed Ali Dyer, so. Well, I'm saying indeed as if you got it, it, but you never got it. Do you know how many goals it was? 114. 
109. Is it 109? 109. Wow. So, um, Ronaldo's currently on 110. Um, who became the 10th player to win the European Cup and the European Championship in the same year? Touch you me. got there in the end because you passed it and then we came back to you, even though you tried to do it at Jordan question four. Um, I'll give you this <laughs> part of question two. It was Jorginho, so you get that one correct. Who was North Macedonia's first ever goal scorer at a major final tournament? Goran Pandev. It's got to be. It it's, can only be that. Who's ever scored to Macedonia? Pandev. Aye. <laughs> and there's that other guy that plays with Leeds, you Alioski. He, he, he bagged one, I know. Did he? Aye, he bagged one. Well, it's a bit. I did it. I'm not sure I would go that far, though. Just yeah, a young boy, you know what I mean? But, um, question four. Which year did Federico Chiesa's dad, Enrico, score at the Euros? 96. All right, we're 96. Well What's played. A, yes. What, I guess? How many knockout stage matches were decided by penalties? Four. You said four. Four is correct. Who got star of the game, which is the, the politically correct thing that you need to say yep. thing nowadays. So, um, who got star of the game in Scotland versus England? Billy Gilmore. Billy Gilmore Hang is on. correct. Um, who got named best young player in the tournament? Pedri. Pedri is correct. Name any of the two countries that hosted the games, even though their games, even though their teams did not qualify for the finals. The answers were Romania and Azerbaijan. No Kazakhstan. No Kazakhstan at all. <laughs> um, which player scored in the exact same uh, in the exact same time twice in one game? That's about a tongue twister. Ah, it was. Oh, that's by the way. I've got to start that. Is, that is unbelievable. So Karim Benzema did score at the exact same time because. How many minutes were added on at the end of the first half, and then when they came back after the break, he scored in the exact same time. So work that one out. Which stadium was the only one at the Euros that was at full capacity? Puskas. Puskas Arena is correct. Or I would have gave you Budapest, Hungary, whatever you want. If you're playing home at work, at home, whatever, then you would have got that one yourself. So you got one, two, three, four, five, six. Eight, you get eight out of ten. Fuck off, I got an eight. I thought you were going to stop at six here. How did you manage to get from six to eight there? Because I've seen the last two. You got nine and ten, so <laughs> it's quite pretty easy to do that. Um, aye, so eight out of ten. Is that your best shot? Eh, uh, I think I, I'm definitely proud of it. I don't know. I you would best. you would have got ten by the way if you were just a wee bit more chilled about it. Uh, I got myself me a match with sweat my back's covered. I'm just soaked. I get so nervous at these quizzes. Aye, so you you got the Ali Dyer one. Uh-huh. Which eventually, I'm not getting yet. No, you never, enough, yep. You passed it on the first one, and then Kazakhstan, and then the Kazakhstan one. Region. By the way, see for anybody listening at home, it's like, oh, why are you sweating? It's only a quiz between you and your mate. Listen, anybody that's ever came on tells you the pressure that's on this quiz because you get ten questions in one minute. And you don't want to make yourself look a fool, especially when it's your own podcast. You know, you're on here trying to give it the big and telling you how much you know about <laughs> football, and then you end up with a two out of ten. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Will we wrap up. Yes, we should. Anything else you want to say? Nothing. 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 Not even. Come on, Italy. Guys, Forza Azuri. <laughs> we'll go with that one. Time to say goodbye. Conte Partiro. Right. Um, aye. We'll go with that. Aye. Brilliant. Thank you very much for listening, folks, as you always do. Make sure if you're listening and you enjoy the show, pass it on to your friends, your family, people that you work with, anybody that you know you think enjoys football and enjoys a bit of part or a bit of banter. Stick us on. You can also spread it about on social media. That'd be massively appreciated. You can find us on social media at Twitter and Instagram at TA Pundits. We have a Facebook page at the Armchair Pundits. It doesn't think it actually gets ever get used. Um, you can forget us on Spotify, get a show, you can follow us on there to make sure you never miss another episode. And on Apple Podcasts, you can do the same and you also have the beauty of a review system. If you're leaving a review, make it five stars. If it's no five stars, don't fucking bother. Cheers, Jim. Cheers, Jim.